Hi, everybody. Welcome back to The Human Challenge, where we explore all the human challenges in today's world, the challenges of being human, and how we can challenge ourselves to be more human for the greater good. I'm your host, Vanessa Ferlano, and today we are joined by Moroccan Yemeni independent artist, singer, songwriter, and film producer, Aya, who has two really... (laughs) Fascinating and exciting shows coming up in Berlin, February 8th and 9th. Uh, beautiful ensemble of string, piano, and drama because she just feels like being dramatic. As, <laughs> as, I, was told, as I was told, not my words. <laughs> um, and we'll also be releasing, releasing February 9th at midnight her new single, Green Lights. Um, very excited to have you here, Aya, and I've loved learning about your story. So thank you uh, for considering the six-hour time change. <laughs> Because I know it's late. (laughs) Thank you. Thank you for having me. And actually quite excited to to do something late night. I wasn't uh, doing so much work lately and not getting so much sleep. So I'm happy. Like at least I do something meaningful. (laughs) Just Well, thank you. No, that's great. I'm really happy to have you here. Um, I, I wanted to ask you, like, first of all, I mean, your story when when you sent it to me, I was just it's so powerful. And so I'm very excited to have you here and to hold that space and for you to share it because it's it's incredible. Uh, but before we do, um, I wanted you to tell us a little bit about your music because you redefined a new category of music and I absolutely loved it. So please share with us just a little bit. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I, I was struggling a lot with describing like what, which, what do I do? Which kind of music I do? I felt like when I say pop or R&B, like I, I really like, like. I mean, I'm always using a lot of like um, instrumentals and classic and Arabic classic and different kind of genres and really mixing too many things. So I just decided to call it like Arab and B and. <laughs> Now I have my own genre, and hopefully it will take over at some point. <laughs> I love that. I love that so much. Um, I think yeah. that's fantastic. And and I hope it takes over too, because, I mean, I think I've been listening to a lot of your stuff. It's great. It's great. And your, I mean, your music is is fantastic. I um, I know that you had a piece uploaded to promote your show coming up, the the piano and string quartet. And I listened to that piece and I, I was telling you earlier, like I honestly, I was doing something and I actually had to stop and just like feel it. I was like, I need to just feel this music right now because it was just so powerful. And, and you know, I think there are, you know, people who there are artists who play music, but then there are artists who like are their music. And I was just yeah. like, that's how I feel like listening to a lot of your stuff. I'm like, wow, because it's it's very powerful and it's really beautiful. And so I hope it takes over. <laughs> Thank you so much. Have to have to say that like I didn't do it alone. You know, I have a lot, a lot, a lot of musicians on board that like supporting me so many years uh, with different kinds of budget. If there were any budget, so <laughs> shout out to my team for Aww. all the hard work that they do and believing in me. It's Aww, really no. not just me, you know. It's it's definitely yeah, and 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 it's. It's it's always takes an army, I guess is the yeah. is the saying. There's always tons of things happening. No, I think yeah, um, yeah. It really it really is like it's it's all very powerful, and so I'm very excited for you. Very excited for this show. Thank if you. I can be in Berlin, I would be there. I'm not oh, sure I, I can be. <laughs> I would love to, <laughs> um, but I I am sure it will go really really it's well. It's the other side of the world. Yeah, yeah, yes, exactly. It's it's a bit of a drive. 
Um, <laughs> no, I, I know from your shows that you tend to do, I remember, I, I think from like all your shows, you do something a little different each show, right? Like it's never something's right. the same. And, and I think you keep it pretty, um, is, is local the right word? Like not really local, but I know that you tend to engage with different groups, I think. Is that correct for yeah. your shows? Yeah. I really like to, I don't know, sometimes even 10 minutes before the show, I'm like, oh, what, what, I need to change. Like, I, I really like to keep myself surprised and to keep the people around me surprised. <laughs> <laughs> they sometimes, they learned with time to just accept me. And, and and it's really helping us because sometimes we sing the same song for like yeah. again and again and again. And every time I like that it's, tiny bit different yeah. and uh, a lot of time the budget is just not enough if like people pay you so so sometimes it's not enough it's just like for me for one player manager booking transportation for blah, 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 it's already gone and and i'm lucky to have a lot of players that like really just want to play and make music so i managing to bring like huge groups of people together to to play and this time I'm gonna play with the string quartet that it's amazing woman like four incredible women that I already play with in March and and the pianist that also the string arranger for many years with me I always can call him and I'm like hey like I have this new idea i want it to be like this i can say like purple with with butterfly and he will understand me you know? like, <laughs> <laughs> this is the way we speak i never study music you know so it's just right. like all about emotions and yeah they and feel me they feel me yeah no so. and that that's artistry right <laughs> there's no language for artistry like it's we just have this language yeah you know, it's music. It's so universal. And yeah. it's really the only thing that, like, everybody can hear and feel. And you can really, like, get inside the veins of people and influence mm. from the inside. Yeah. <laughs> no, 100%. And, and like I said earlier, I think your music really does that, you know. Um, yeah, you. I absolutely love it. Um, I wanted us to talk a little bit about about your background because it's so interesting, Moroccan Yemeni. And so I would love for you to share a bit about your journey, your story. Mm. Um, and yeah, because it's like, I mean, yeah, wow. I, I've read it a couple times since you sent it to me. And every time I just feel like I have, I'm still like, wow, wow. Because like, you know, how, where you came from and like how you're in Berlin, like that whole, like it's crazy. So, so we'll start, start where you want and then we'll go, we'll go from there. <laughs> where to start like <laughs> like sometimes i'm i i feel i feel like why like I, I i need to do something with all of it if all this journey wouldn't make me money you know, <laughs> you know like, that's really, i i hope it will make sense you know and because it's a lot of hustle and a lot of um, meeting amazing people and awful people like and I don't like to say there are bad people. I like to say like there are people who like it, it's bad for them, kind mm. of, you know. And but yeah, I had different journey, and mostly like I feel like I always describe myself as a nomad because I always like with this like 
I want to have a home, but as soon as I have something stable, I want to shake it, you know, and it's kind of like this feeling that you always need to be on the move. Though my passport is super limited, so <laughs> even if I want. <laughs> um, but yeah, so I'm originally I'm from Israel, Palestine. I grew up in the desert of Israel. It's called Arad. It's like very, very tiny um, town. Not everybody knows everyone and there's gossips and the doors are open and you can, you know, you can go to the name. Like, it's very, everybody family kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Everyone knows everyone. And I grew up there. We had like, you know, sky full of stars and landscapes and nothingness. <laughs> but also you were so rich because you have all this spirit with you. And the weather is like forty degrees in the forty degrees in the day, and at night it's cold and crazy moon. So yeah, I grew up there um, with my mom and my siblings. And I'm the youngest, and it was very difficult because my mom was uh, working all the time and to provide for us. Um, she got divorced from my father. She got married twice the first time um with an abusive man and the second time with an abusive man. uh what leads her to very difficult journey when we were need had to kind of like start working very engaged to you know to bring money to the table because there was no other way a lot of debt and a lot of circles of loans um so yeah, we all started working at a very young age and um, falling apart from each other because it was too difficult. Also, it's like a, a boiling um, pot. Mm-hmm. And like now we got to a point that we are not really communicating at all with each other because it's so painful. Like a lot of things are still like in the process. And my journey right now in the past years is just to learn more about who I am where I'm coming from what what are my traumas and how they um how did I do it like I'm also asking myself you know like in this I'm learning that everything is my parents and that's (laughs) this is all the time this circle and yeah so I grew up like this and I was going every second week um, to my father, where there I was uh, experiencing a lot of abuse. Um, that it took me a lot of time to get out of it. And also I felt like there's no really way to get out of it because there was a lot of fear involved. And, but at some point, like I took a decision and I just ran away from everything and everyone and I started my own like independent life in a really young age I um, moved to the center basically to an area of Tel Aviv and now when I was uh, 12 and yeah like since then I remember myself always working and Mm -hmm. Till today, uh, <laughs> just like 
no option to have time off or uh, yeah, still stuck in this circle. I hope I will break it. <laughs> so this was so this was at twelve. So at twelve years old, you were in Tel Aviv, and you were by yourself at that point. Like you, you had left on yeah, your own. Yeah, at the beginning, I was uh, by myself. I was with my uh, uh, brother, uh, as well. He took care of a lot of us. Um, he was like today. I think he's like around fifty years old. And so when I was the, a kid, like he, we, he was like kind of like a father mm-hmm. figure, um, but also very good looking. And uh, he was a stripper, you know. Oh. So <laughs> um, it came with a lot of women <laughs> around him, and I was all the time like, you know, just getting to know the woman and. One woman taught me how to belly dance. One woman taught me how to this. One woman taught. Uh, I was always surrounded by amazing women that kind of helped the situation and saved me. Um, then I was another woman offered me like to do babysitting in a very young age. So I earned like I don't know. It was a lot of money for per hour. Uh, in this kind of age and slowly got back to school and finished finish school and managed to I always had like women in my life that just hold me and yeah and helped me also to get out of the situation with my father and because when I was approaching with it to my mother there was a lot of fear and um and even the police didn't help, you know. So, mm-hmm. and so, um, this was so. So, um, this was uh, at the age of twelve. Yeah, I mean, I, I think. Um, I mean, I think like women relationships. I mean, are always so powerful ones, very, very important ones to have. Um, and then I think, especially at a young age like that, um, especially in a young age when there's so much of that sort of trauma. Um, yeah. you know, like you, it is, uh, you know, it is a very, uh, powerful, I think dynamic that I don't think is really talked about as much. Um, the yeah. importance of, of women, of, of that sort of friendship, especially when there's big trauma like that, because, you know, you kind of need that, you need that whatever's kind of behind a female, like that feminine energy, right? Like you need that um, when you're going through trauma, right? Like you need that compassion, all those traits, um, you know, you need that in those times. And I think that largely does come from a lot of, of, of our feminine uh, friendships and relationships. Yeah, and a lot of time at home, there's a lot of shame, especially if you do come from a religion family, for example. Mm-hmm. Um, I never spoke about sex. You know, it's nuts. You know. Yeah. <laughs> like you are a whore. <laughs> yeah. There's no um, respect in it. or So everything has to happen secretly. And then you start in having like two, like I think I had the two realities from very, very young age because I was like living in Arad in my hometown like completely independent my mom was at work and all the time and we grew up in the streets like, you know we did whatever we want 
We started <laughs> smoking and drinking and, you know, bored kids um, trying to maintain living. And uh, then I was going the weekends to my father, like getting dressed from head to toe with jewelries and like the my little Torah book and and being like a good kid and trying to memorize what I did this week, all the lies, you know? Yeah. And then like, and it really fucked me up. Like I was like really lying a lot because nothing at some point I did, I was lying on, like you would ask me, how do I feel? And I would say like something, you know? Yeah. And it took me a lot of time to, to work on it, you know? And, yeah, and I mean, you're kind of living in two worlds at that point too, right? Um, and that's it's very hard, I think, as a child because there's no stability, right? And, and, and I think you cannot go to your parents. Yeah. So all these connections with other women that are a mother or help me to, it was like one voice that I could follow. Um, yeah, a lot of teachers, amazing teachers and... Yeah. Um, but I think, I think at one point you were reconnected with your family, I think, right? At yeah. the age of 13, I think. Yeah, yeah. We got to, my mom decided to move to the center. Uh, it was hard for her that all the kids are here. And she was like, and we were trying to kind of have like just one apartment, two rooms for like, a, we were four. And trying to live together then we had like a really dramatic um, accident of my sister and that again flipped us you know and my father was all the time following me in the streets and putting more fear like and now we weren't so far away now we both were in the center and he's a taxi driver so he always like you know i there, there was a point that i was knowing I, the sound of the car when it's got mm -hmm. close to me. I literally, I, till today, I have like, a, I know exactly how this car sounds, you know? Um, and it uh, took me a long time to stop looking back, like, you know, looking beyond my shoulder. Yeah, I think... That's the one of the best things that happened when I moved to Berlin <laughs> because it was till very old age, like obsession um, after me. Um, so yeah, we then... were connected. We had this accident that really like turned everything upside down. Uh, we were needed. We got into again like, like loans and hard financial situation all day in hospitals recovery schools that not understanding the situation yeah and then again we broke apart and my mom got was always suffering from depression and anorexia and different kind of things she's very powerful and amazing woman yeah no Nothing to say about this woman, <laughs> like, but this was the situation, you know. So, yeah, she did her best, and I tried to do my best, and we all did our best. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I think that's, I think that's everyone, right? Like we're all yeah. human, and we're all always yeah. just 
doing our best and trying to figure it out. Um, so you mentioned that the schools uh, were not very understanding of the situation. Um, so did you have to, I think you had to leave school, is that correct? And then, but you were able to graduate a little bit later. Is that what happened? Um, just for really short that I got back, like it was now, I was very loving like to study and I really like I, the whoever didn't understand was more from the direction of my sister's school mm. she was older than me like this wherever I was in school I never had any problem like I was always like the teachers understood me I was always honest with them about the situations at home and I got a lot of times like you know even I could get out after early year or like certain kind of help in different kind of things like so yeah, school was a safe space for me somehow yeah. and so but, at what point like where did your artistry or creativity where did that come from did that come from school or was that stuff outside of school um so i think that's the only thing that's really hard for me that like this whole music uh, came completely from my father's side that this is oh, like wow. what I'm speaking about it in my music that like even if I want to disconnect is literally in my blood and like yeah <laughs> in my veins and so yeah my father is very amazing singer and his brother is also very a pretty known composer and and writer and they were Moroccans, so like we always had like this music and energy and drums and like celebrations and like we we were driving so all the time like knocking and tapping on the you know in the car and he was like all the time a lot of music like firewalls and different kinds of um, Israeli music and Arab music and oh. So much, so much. A lot of I consume a lot of music from his side. We were riding a lot in this car. Like sometimes I was working with him, you know, night shifts, and I was a kid. I was sitting in the car, and people come and go, and we take them, and you know, like I was all the time. He was all the time like, "Yeah, one more ride, and then we go. Run more ride, and then we go." And then like we are just traveling, like so. When we were with people in the car, it was the safest because we couldn't do anything to me, you know. Right. So I was kind of happy, like, to do that and listen to music. And this is the moments that we share um, that I'm, I have to be thankful. All the rest was hell. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I, um, I, I, I appreciate your, like, openness about that. Um, but I think also... Um, this, this ability to kind of, you know, to kind of hold space, you know, it was hell, but I'm grateful still, you know what I mean? And I, cause I think that's very hard to do sometimes. Um, and so like, I, I think it's, it's very like for me, you know, sitting here and, and listening and just, I'm like, that's a really great reminder. I think, you know, that, that you can still cherish other things, um, in a way that doesn't deny a reality that wasn't helpful either. Right. Do you know what I mean? Or that wasn't yeah. supportive or that wasn't or that was hell <laughs> yeah i think i think also like at the end of the day i can say terrible things about him but at the end of the day like 
of course i love him and of course like um i think this is this kind of love and hate relationship it's something that only like abuser and like you can understand the only if you really had this kind of relationship that it's kind of you're locked there forever kind of thing and you cannot be mad and yeah it's interesting especially when there is violent and harassment so um yeah but but like the other option is to just live all my life with this kind of energy that i hate him and and like right. be mad that doesn't help me to heal so i have to find the glimpse of light for me yeah because i think like for so many years i was ashamed to even speak about it and and who i am and yeah so i'm practicing acceptance Mm. yeah i hear that a lot um yeah i hear that a lot i really do and yeah i kind of hope that all our listeners will just kind of take that in for a moment because um i think that's a very powerful statement and a very powerful concept still learning there's a lot of um i think the whole relationship i have with myself because of the abuse is a lot of hate to myself and a lot of, um, you know, first thing that you think about yourself is bad. And kind of, you know, I'm, and I always blame myself. I always, like, think that people are angry about me. And I, before they even tell me that they're angry about me, I already try to satisfy them. Mm-hmm. And solve, 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 solve everything for everyone. Just don't be mad on me. Just, just always be, and, and I think, like, I hope that this year, like, I will be more like, yo, you can be mad on me. <laughs> you know? Yeah. Like, you can be mad on me and I can make mistakes and and I don't have to solve everything for everyone and I don't have to be this good kid anymore. Right. <laughs> um, I appreciate that 100%. Um, I think that's another very important I think learning for everybody um, and for anyone um, that, yeah, acceptance is 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 that is that uh, that allowance for if you're you're upset with me, that's fine. You know what I mean? Like allowing for that, accepting that, because I think it's really that in itself is kind of an act of like honoring our own experiences, our own emotions, our own feelings, right? Like we're allowing for those things to be true. And I think something that you said earlier before we went, uh, like before we started recording and you said, um, uh, now I forget, which is horrible, but it was so great. Yeah. <laughs> It'll come back to me. It will. But I, you were, I think, cause it was, it's along the lines of like, um, you know, it's like we're honoring our experiences. Um, and I think it's really about just not like not denying yourself that as well. Right. Because those things, uh, oh, when you were saying about multiple realities can be true, right? And that's exactly it, right? When you're allowing for that, um, when you honor that, you're just allowing for these multiple realities to be true. Yeah. And And I think that's a really beautiful way to hold space with people. 
and also don't you don't have to react you know like me finding solutions all the time for everything is just me mm. making you restless and you're not really thinking about the consequences of what will happen you just want to put a plaster and another plaster and another plaster and and this is just it doesn't work um for a long time you know right and so Absolutely. i think the more like you are really taking care of it and really like looking every day deep deep on the scar yeah. then you you can see like it's healing you know right right um i really i really appreciate that and i really hope everyone kind of lets these words sink in a little bit because <laughs> i think they're very they're very powerful it really is um i want to i want to kind of continue on the sega the the aya sega <laughs> yeah. it's, uh, it's it's so um so you once what what happened after you finished high school where did your journey take you after high school so right after high school, um, I got the uh, right as the during this last year of high school, you already start like doing all these tests and for the army basically because it's mandatory. And for women, it's two years; for men, it's three years, and there's always like option to stay longer, basically. But you have to do two years as a woman, um. So I already started like having all these tests that these tests are like physical and also mental or like brain uh, group tests and things like that. And then um, you get like a score. Uh, and usually it's even like your score depending even if your parents are divorced, for example. So I had like really low score because I have asthma I, my parents are divorced. Like I had all the shit to, to be in the bottom of the the scale, but I was really good student. So I was like trying, kind of. I was like, I was thinking, okay, maybe I will be. I wanted all the time to be a vet or like a doctor. So there was like a, a journey, a, a route in the army that you can basically study first uh, for four years, and then you go to the army. And then you become, you do another few years, and then basically you are serving very, very long time in the army, but you get like education. What for someone from my background can be very good because like I get education for free, like it's it's not for free yeah, where I'm coming from, right? Um, you pay for everything. And so <laughs> it was kind of like, okay, if I want to, you know, study something, this is a way. Um, so I was trying to go in this route and see like what's my possibilities and parallel i was also like doing um auditions to like um an army band so basically in in the service and uh, you entertaining um especially in wartime that is basically every year <laughs> um in different kinds of areas um soldiers or families that like are in the shelters most of the day and or different kind of ceremonies uh, official army ceremonies so i was doing also auditions for that and then i got accepted for for that and not a lot of people get accepted every year and yeah i remember i called my mother and i was like mom what to do like she said 
I know you want to be a doctor because that's what I wanted to to do. Yeah. But maybe you do it later. Maybe <laughs> go have fun. <laughs> My mom is like, if you go have fun, like make music, and then after that you can go study. Like we will, you will find a way. You know? Yeah, I think that fucked me up for the rest of it. No, I'm joking. <laughs> <laughs> I'm kind of blessed because uh, for me, the experience of, I don't know, like some people having really good time in the, the army and I cannot judge them. Like this is each person, it's their journey. And, but for me, the nothing made sense over there. And it was very, very hard for me to, from a lot of reasons, from different kinds of traumas. And like I was performing 300 shows a year and I was needed also to work um, to maintain a living. And I didn't have a home to go back to because, you know, and uh, nothing like, I didn't feel good with anything that happened there. And I was complaining a lot. It was very hard to make me shut up. And when you don't shut up in this kind of spaces, you get punishment. And if you get punished, like, it's basically like, yeah, like a snowball, you know? Mm-hmm. Like, um, yeah, at some point I really, really wanted to get out. And I was like, um, and like that, I want to die. This was mostly my feeling. Um, that I'm trying like to say it less, but a lot of time I feel like this. So this is, yeah. this is, but um, I don't know. Uh, suicidal thoughts is part of part of my brain. So yeah. Um, but I'm trying more to to work with it and not against it. Again. Um, but right. I really wanted to die, and then I managed to. They gave me some help uh, in the system, and the help wasn't so very helpful. And some somehow I managed to finish these two years. So you were so you were dealing with all that while you were because I, I think you were on the like you were basically on the road, right? You had to perform all these shows to entertain. Um, the like the families and soldiers of the army and then you were also and so then because i remember you saying uh there was a term that you used i think uh that you were almost considered like a a lone soldier right because you had yeah, ability to work because yeah. you but also because you had the ability to work outside of outside of that job of being part of the entertainment right you were able to work outside of that so you were dealing with all those things at the same time. Plus you had to move place to place for shows. And then there's, I remember yeah, you mentioning. about driving for six hours directions and with buses, being stuck in different areas alone by yourself, sometimes with another player. Some, um, like there were shows that I played with 40 musicians. Um, that was amazing experience, obviously, because you're a lot of people and there's rehearsals. But this kind of shows you have one, two times a year. Most of the shows, it's like the, you've been sent alone to sing one song. And it's not that I'm trying to say, like, I'm lazy. It's just like I'm, like, with all the traumas that I went through, yeah. with being in the streets for so 
much time. Like I know how it, like it's not easy for me to do these things. Like and 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 a lot of times, like I'm getting so overwhelmed um, from the anxiety. Even mm -hmm. if I sit and wait in the dark in a main street, you know, not in a main street, like in a highway. Yeah in the bus stations and I need to wait I don't know there's no even sign when the bus is coming you know so I'm getting very overwhelmed and I can really lose my sanity yeah um, from the trauma and these things I didn't know back then so you're just like yeah when you don't have the environment to understand what you went through and how this infecting on your life on you're surrounded so then it's very hard to to do this phase and yeah right no I, I i appreciate that a lot and and that was kind of why like and i mean yeah i was certainly not suggesting you were you know lazy in any way but i mean i mean it's just surprising to me to hear like all these things you were dealing with and then on top of that you weren't able to get the support that you that you had needed to go through that you needed during those times um um, and then I'm also, you know, I also just kind of wanted to hold space for a second here, just regarding some of the more, um, you know, like the challenging thoughts, um, you know, those darker thoughts, um, you know, I also don't want to like glaze over that because I think that's, you know, that is, that's, that's tough right um that's tough it's 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 tough to be young and having to experience all those things in the specific environment that you're describing you know yeah. um and so you know i just i'm grateful that you were open enough and comfortable sharing that because i i like you know that's a lot i think for any child for any person and then i think it's a lot to sometimes revisit those sort of those those memories yeah. and those expressions again so i'm uh, so i just kind of wanted to like hold space and, and Thank yeah you. And thank so you so much. It. And and I I think like um there's a lot of people who feel in the way I feel. And I just want to try to help to normalize it a bit. You know, because uh, like when you hear this kind of thing from such a young age, like that you are bad and you deserve to die or you're going to, I will kill you if you won't do that. Like, I will kill you if you won't do that. Like, and so that's how you think. Like, this, yeah. you know? Um, yeah, it's, it's, it's conditioning, right? You're being told that for someone else's game. All your life. Yeah. It's like really... I'm sometimes getting into spaces as an adult. Yeah. And my inner child come to visit. <laughs> yeah. You know? And then all the scenarios are in my head. And I always tell my therapist, stop, stop, make me feel like I always tell her, like, stop, I know the world. Like, like you always said, like, in your head, the drama, there is like a, a, the big drama. And then in reality, it's maybe a bit different. I don't know. And I'm like, yeah, but you know, if I walk here, like someone can do this to me. And if I walk here, someone can do this to me. And because it's, I already experienced that. So you cannot tell me that it's not true or like it's not possible. But she's trying to kind of like help me to live because I'm not going out and I'm very still afraid of walking in the streets. And, um, yeah. All the time, like we did, walking, holding this pain and fear and just walking with it and trying to yeah. be normal. <laughs> yeah. But no, no, I, no, I know, and that's um, 
Yeah, that's very hard. And and I know, I mean, now you're, so now you're in, like you're in Berlin now, but I think to carry that, and this was, I mean, this was, uh, you've been in Berlin for, I think, four years. And so this experience, like you uh, specifically being in the army was more than 10 years ago, I think, correct? Oh no, it was about 10 years ago now, it would have been. Yeah. So like to hold all of that, um, yeah, I'd like to hold all of that. Um, and then, and we'll like, we'll, I know we'll get to a little bit more about what Berlin has meant to you, um, but, you know, but mm-hmm. to get to that, you know, to spend so much time in, in one particular environment, move to a new space where there's that freedom, that security, that safety. Um, yeah, that old stuff doesn't go away. Right. Um, and so having to like process it so much later and still having to work with it and still learning how to work with it um, and, and how to honor it. Right. Like, like we were talking about earlier, um, you know, I, I definitely can say from my own experiences, I definitely have had very similar, um, just various, you know, in my own journey, like definitely different contexts, but, you know, having to go through the same, how do I understand my trauma, who I've been told I am versus who I actually am. And what's the relationship between those two people? It's me, but it's not me. Like, it's a lot to sort through. And so, you know, I think just moving through it with grace is the best. The only, well, it's the only thing you really can do, right? But I mean, it's it's not always easy for sure. So I appreciate that as well. And also, uh, like, just understanding that it's all transitions. Yeah. Like, mm. we are nature. We're not beyond it. Yeah. And not, like. And that's, I think, the confusion, mm. you know, uh, when you are thinking that you are above nature, when you are literally can be washed by a tsunami any second. <laughs> and then, like, and just remember that you die and you become a mushroom. So, like, just remember that this is, like, the, a very simple cycle. And as a butterfly that has, like, transitions, we are also have transitions and what I was and who I am, it's it's all me. Um different kind of influences, like you know, like sometimes I have to blend. <laughs> sometimes I can be more me like just like trying to more not canceling all my transitions, even though I hate them sometimes. Yeah. No, I, I really I love that perspective a lot. Uh yeah, love that perspective a lot. And I also want that to sink in with with anyone who's listening or watching because I think, yeah, I think that's also very, very powerful. I wasn't kidding. <laughs> when I said in the beginning, I was like, your story is powerful. Like, that was not a joke. Like, I, I mean, it really is. Um, and so, okay, so you were so you were in the army. Um, and and I mean, I, I guess I'm kind of curious if, if you're comfortable answering because I think your perspective is very interesting because you're someone who, you know, for example, when you first opened, you said you were born in the in Israel, Palestine, right? So you yeah. have this acknowledgement of Palestine, but you also served in the Israeli army. And so I'm very curious, like just given the current context, the current aggression, what's happening, um, if you're comfortable sharing, like how, like, I feel like... Because you you kind of sit in the middle, sort of how I observe it, and you can obviously tell if I'm wrong, but it's like, I can imagine that being a very conflicting place to be in. Yeah. First of all, I, I, I want to make sure that people understand that serving in an army is a mandatory thing. It's not easy to get out. Like people think, like, yeah, it's adult, just don't want, you go to jail. 
and if you and after you go to jail you won't be able to work in certain kinds of work like or it's like it's like a stain mm-hmm. and there's a lot of fear involved and there's a lot of social pressure when you're 18 you don't really know shit um and everybody around you like some people are years under this um pressure of like uh, security and we need security we need to you know we need security we need the, the we need the idf you know like you have to go because you need to present the family and there's a lot of pressure on kids um you know and then you get the gun to your hands and like like and and, and some some kids you know they like guns <laughs> like you see it uh, i work with kids all the time they come into me pew pew i kill you like you know like it's just i think it's like the very similar and so just to understand that like a lot of people judge the IDF, like it's something that you choose in and you go, like some people, yeah, for sure, but <laughs> some people not. And some people are there. I know I have some friends that are dead and I know that they don't want, you know, like, and it's difficult. Um, and they have very bad conditions. Um, yeah, so just to put this, not that I'm, trying to promote it or support it is just like not sexy and not something that it's easy to get out of um and for me like to to be for me when i say i'm from israel palestine i always said it um because i want to make sure that people understand that i see them uh, if someone wants to judge me because I see and my eyes are open and my ears and my heart and my arms so yeah, I prefer to die like this um, so for me I I think like a lot a lot a lot of people I also experience it here in Berlin and also experience it in uh, with my Israeli friends, they never met a Palestinian person in a con. Some of them didn't even meet. Some of them met just in the army situation that is like definitely not the same, you know, position and the power position. And I was lucky. I was like grew up um, very traditional Arabic. Um, environment and their language was part of my life all the time and the culture the you know and I also was meeting a lot of Palestinian people so heard the story from like it was at the beginning it was a myth kind of thing that it like in school let's say there was no conversation about it at all it seems like history started in 1948. Mm-hmm. And and just now, when I'm speaking with my mother, and she kind of feeling forced because she doesn't know if she will live in the next hour. So she kind of sharing about our story. And like my story is like that my grandfather, he walked 
you know, from Yemen as an orphan kid. He was a Jew, orphan kid, and he walked from, was sent with other kids through the desert um, of Yemen to Egypt. Then they were stuck in Egypt. Then they managed to get, he was eight when he arrived to Palestine in 1911. You know, and wow. this all information I get now when I'm 31. And finally, my mom is speaking and telling me. And I'm not speaking about my father's side because my father and I, we didn't have time to speak about this side. Um, I wish I would know more, but there's no access for me. Like, And to, to reconnect to it, it's too risky for my yeah. body and soul. So I, lot, I feel like I have his like I know I know that there was you know like I cannot ignore it I'm sorry like with all the yeah I just feel this is the right way yeah and also coming to Berlin I met so many people here from so many different places and I um I love stories and I love to listen and the more I listen the more I learn that I'm not the only one Right. Wow. Um, Yeah, that's definitely, definitely a story. And I think definitely, I mean, yeah, this must be a very challenging time. Maybe not challenging, but just a lot, right? Like a very sensitive time because, you know, there's this conflict, but then your own history is coming out too. Like, um, I can definitely understand that that's a lot. Um, to be happening and, and just a very conflicting space to be in, right? Um, so, yeah. yeah, I mean, that's, I'm, again, just very grateful uh, for your openness around the discussion. Yeah, I just, like, really, really, really hope something will change. I, I, I told you before, I, I feel that I had this dream in me um, that one day this will will come out and the world will help us like sometimes it's like two siblings trying fighting all you know all the time and then you have to have the adult to get involved <laughs> and say like you go to your room and you go to your you know like and let's speak about it let's talk about and like and think about it <laughs> and i think like the patriarchy in all this area is just like I can speak only about this area because I didn't see the world yet. So I'm not going to speak about any other continent or places. I can speak yeah. about this. Yeah. Lost control. Like this, yeah. And, and yeah, like, like there were so many conspiracies and so many ideas and stories. And, and I think like also the social media, there's a lot of like ads and money into mm-hmm with you and yeah i found this very tricky to have my own voice like my own thoughts because you are fed but with like with information and so i decided that i want to speak more um with people to explain them who i am where i'm come from and then after that they can judge me. <laughs> um, it easier like that. <laughs> yeah. 
I mean, and yeah, unfortunately, that's just sometimes human nature. Um, but I mean, I think I think that the I think the really beautiful thing uh, is is that like the openness to judgment, right? It's like okay, because again, it's just this groundedness. It's really at the end of the day, it's like I'm still I'm who I am, right? It's another act of like honoring. This is me. This is my journey. This is my story. This is where I come from. And you know, you can judge me. Um, you can judge me all you want. This is like who I am, right? That that act of honoring. This is me. And yeah, so none, that, none of it can change. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Uh, the only wish that I have is that people will help us to to talk about those things and, and find and find like healthier ways to solve it. Yeah. Uh, I'm following this movement. It's called Standing Together. Maybe you know them. They're no, I don't. Really, you should check on Instagram or whatever. I think that's, I was speaking lately with my, I have a lot of Palestinian friends here also in Germany and like we are not blaming each other. You know, mm -hmm. we're sitting and crying because we're all grieving. Yeah. Um, We all lost someone we love. If yeah. not more than one. And every year it's like this. Yeah. We're not talking about this is just now the whole world is part of it because I, you know, and so I just hope the world will help us and not divide us anymore because we don't need more hate. And Right. Yeah. yeah I think it's that of coming course there's place for critics and we need the critics. We need it to be able to learn, but also to understand that there's so much trauma and yeah. Yeah, be gentle. Yeah. I'm just going to let this dog bark and then I'm going to cut it out. <laughs> um, no, I, I think I really hear that. Um, and I think this kind of idea that everyone's grieving and how can we come together with this grief or in this grief, right? And how can we, how can we hold that space and then create a solution or create an action from that? Um, and I think, you know, I, I think that we've just been conditioned to believe that that's so hard because, you know, things like patriarchy and all these just engraved biases. But I'm sure, I think that there's a lot more power in each of us individually that if we were to come together in that way, you know, there could be something else that we could create. And so I think that that's, that's really, I think that's really only beautiful. Only together. Only yeah. together. And like, this is the only way. We, and we still have the power. Like, we, it's still, like, supposed to be a democracy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And so, yeah, I think, like, the more we speak, the more we unlearn, the more we heal ourselves, understand what's, why we do why we think like this, why, like, you know, there's so many things that I learn through therapy while I'm speaking my mind out and I'm hearing, like, things that I, that have been told to me or, like I said, and I'm like, yo, like, these parents fucked us up, like, <laughs> I, 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 <laughs> you know, I really wanted kids, but I'm just thinking about like what, no. the, how much damage I'm gonna make. I mean, like it's it's 
I, I hear like I hear that sentiment, I think. But I mean, at the end of the day, like, you know, they were also like that's that's their trauma too right like they yeah, were also, like, it's, that's like, what I'm saying. Like, like even like you know we are in a generation where we can understand it and I think even the generations like after us that awareness just keeps growing and so it's like yeah back to that whole idea you know we all are just kind of doing our best and I think realistically we actually are doing our best together because we see these shifts like in generations right so even though it's like each of us in our own individual journey we're still kind of shifting generationally, right? So this idea of like individual healing and collective healing, uh, individual liberation and collective liberation, right? Like these things do work together. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, and also don't give up on like on, I mean, if you abused hardcore and it's of course like there's no space for it. But for example, like with my mom, like I, uh, there was a lot of things we disagree on, you know, from her perspective, she had like the education that she got and where she come from. Oh, so we had a lot of like, even politically, we were disagreeing about a lot of things, you know, and it created such a gap between us. Um, but I always like kept on trying to translate her and trying to, you know, really asking every time every time like she share with me a bit about because i wanted to understand you know and as soon as you understand what your parents went through you have space for forgiveness because it makes sense suddenly suddenly you're like okay i know that my mom she was 19 with two kids yeah you know i'm 31 barely can handle my own hair <laughs> Yeah. You know, like what the fuck I like I need to just say, tell her like thank you and kiss her her feet, you know. I, that's this is how the more I she shared, the more I cherish these moments with her, the more I can understand, forgive for myself, for her. For... Yeah, you know, like a lot of times in my life I I was feeling like I'm here and nobody really wanted me here. Like mm-hmm. They all abused me, sent me from here to there, you know, like, yeah, I was, luckily I had a voice, so I could kind of, like, catch a, a train here again, like, catch, you know, like, make myself work, and people loved me because I was entertaining and funny, and, like, I could do magic tricks, you know? <laughs> um, so I managed to to get somewhere, but... um. Like when I when I told her, like it was I think in May, I went to her and I asked her, like, okay, like I want to know everything, like how did I get to this planet? Like I want to know. And then when she told me that she never wanted, like, to have me, like she, it was never, it was a forced act, you know. Um, she never enjoyed the sexual experience then i understand as a woman today i understand what it means and then i understand why it was the whole experience of me in the belly from the first home like what i went through and how i got out and why this whole energy was around me though today she's like you're you're the best and you're amazing and she's super grateful to have me and all this you know but 
I, I remember. My body remember, my brain remember. Um, so the, the more I learn, the more the puzzle kind of like, and I can be nicer to myself. Right. I'm just silent because sometimes I just think silence is the only answer, you know? (laughs) No. Um, Yes. I think that's also a very beautiful message. Um, I, I want to, I want to get back to, cause I know, um, so you, you were in the army for your two years and then you had, uh, cause I think this is kind of where you started realizing, um, you know, I guess your own potential as, as an artist, right? I think this was towards the end of your experience in the army and then how that eventually led you to Berlin. Yeah. So I was um, in the army. I met amazing musicians and one of them was a friend of mine and she got selected to, to try to represent Israel in the Eurovision. And then uh, she asked me, I want to do some backing vocals. I was like, yeah, well, you know, like, so we try, then we find ourselves in Sweden. Like, everything happened really, really fast. And then I saw for the first time what means like international career, like, um, you know, like red carpet. And, and, and it's like <laughs> the biggest stage and the most amazing sound. And Sweden known as like amazing musicians and it was really I met people from all around the world and it was a really great experience for me I also didn't have a lot of responsibility I had maybe two lines <laughs> <laughs> so you know I, I, I enjoyed I met a lot of people and um, yeah and then I, I in in the army like we had also the option to to have uh, a rehearsal room so if we had some free time we could just do whatever we want in the rehearsal room so slowly I get her together like a little band and little it was five people and uh, <laughs> then we like right away when I finished I was like booking myself a show let's see like ah, boom it was sold out I was like I think it was 300 people and I wasn't wow. it wasn't even known like it was just a lot of people that I met just came and bought a ticket. It was crazy feeling. I even have the poster and I have um, me playing like a guitar that I never played guitar before. But for the photo, I did it, you know. <laughs> <laughs> um, I, you can see that I hold the strings not in the right way. <laughs> But, so it was naive, you know. I wanted to look like a rock star, like I want, uh, and it worked. And I think till today, people are not understanding how much this game is fake it till you make it. You know, like it's really just like this. Like most of the things are just looking it's how to make it look good. <laughs> and yeah, so I I, I finished. I I did this. I had this band. I already started like working, booking myself shows, like just sending thirty emails a week, like to different kind of places. Bam, bam, bam! Made myself a little booking. I had I started like performing. Then my friend uh, was like, "You have to do this TV show." Like, yeah, this is the only way for you to succeed. Like for someone like you with your story, everybody will like you. 
I was like, oh, okay, like I did also the auditions for that. I got in, then I found myself in the final. Like I, everything happened really fast. Um, a roller coaster. Like it was crazy. I think the first night that it was on TV, I didn't have a, have a TV even. <laughs> I, wow. I had like I had like a room. I was in an apartment that I found with two roommates. And like I had my bed on the floor, nothing like set, you know, and and just such a difference, you know, on you you on the TV. And then I remember I got in from work. I, I worked the whole day and I had the dog back then and she pooped in the bedroom and I just got in and flipped on the poop and my phone from the stress because the phone I got messages, you know, and my phone was like, because you're on prime time. Uh, and I slid on the poop, on the pee, and this fell, and my phone broke. And for the the whole season, I didn't have a, literally like a phone, like a good oh phone my God. to do social media. Like this is how yeah. the the, like you are on the TV, but you are broke as hell. So such a yeah, this is like the music business. It's like it's different between making music and being famous. It's mm. and it's different careers as well. Yeah. Um, so yeah, this is um. I did this reality show. I got to the final. I managed to sing like my own original song. I was like, if I'm gonna get. I, I was in the semi-final and I was like, I'm gonna I wanna sing my original song because I'm a singer songwriter and, and they didn't want to let me and I was insisting and I was like, if I'm going home, I prefer to go home with my own song. And then it turned to be like a really big hit. So everything worked in my direction and then right after I was signing like in a major label and it was like on in the newspaper, like the she's here to stay and promises and the whole thing that i came with like almost a hundred songs written already and how like it was like already signed for a few albums and i'm i'm a kid like i was 20 i was excited i sound on a, i was so naive that i i took a lawyer from the label company like this is how naive i, I was like yeah they want to help me so they organized me a, a lawyer you know <laughs> absolutely wrong uh, so I signed on this dragon contract, we call it. And yeah, then I, I experienced um, there like a very awful uh, situation with one of the leaders of the of the label, like sexual abuse. And then I needed, I felt like. The ground is just underneath my feet is opening, and I just wanna, you know, squeeze in because I was on the TV, on the radio, on this, and then going to the restaurant, and people like look at me like, and I'm like, yeah, yeah, what, what do you want to order? You know, like let's, it's me, it's me, like let's let's move on, <laughs> like, um, yeah, then I just couldn't anymore. Like with this, it, it it at the beginning when all the 
the abusement started, I was like, yeah, okay, uh, maybe just like this, you know. And then at some point I couldn't breathe anymore. Um, and I said, it doesn't just doesn't worth it. And even if it means that I need to start again from zero, it's better to do it than to walk with people that are literally want to hurt you or to use you in a certain way. So, yeah, decided to to end this be- right before that. I got like a show in Berlin mm-hmm. um, for this organization called Vitzo, that is basically an organization that help women and kids um, and families that has like problems more like to try to be like in between them and the government social network that sometimes is very cruel and cold and separating a lot of kids from their family Uh, and sometimes all they need is just help and support and then the kids can still grow in with their parents so this kind of organization was really helping us when we were kids and my mom was part of like um te- not teaching uh, kinder i don't know how to say it in english kinder teacher kids teacher oh, okay. yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and then they invited me and when i saw it the title i was like yeah this is like would be a cool circle if i can go now as myself and like sing for to get some money for for this organization after they like helped me um in the past so it would be a nice circle and I did it and that was the first time I was like wow I can sing in any kind of language I sang back then in my mother tongue in Hebrew and 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 people still excited people feel me people feel me oh, and then that was the first time I was like, maybe I'm just going to move. And, yeah, two months later, I cut everything. Um, and, yeah, I moved away. And I did it kind of like um, without telling a lot of people and without, like, sharing with my audience uh, and because I it was a very tricky situation with the whole label and I didn't want anyone to ask any questions. So, yeah. But it allowed me to start fresh. Mm-hmm. And I will never forget these moments that I got here and I took a deep breath and it was cold. And the whole, this area was like, the Europe air, it was like, it's different. And <laughs> <laughs> uh, um, nobody knew me. Mm-hmm. It was a big relief. Yeah. Then I started here. And I'm here almost eight years. Um, still hustling. But yeah, on... I, for now, this is the only place that I can be with a visa and accept me and I can do my things and I manage to get to know amazing people. <sighs> like, really shaped me. But a lot of people that live in Berlin, they say this, you know? Like, mm-hmm. that they completely, Berlin changed them for mm-hmm. good.
And so for you, um, you know, yeah, Berlin was just that like fresh start, I guess. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I, I felt back then I was like, I was very motivated, um, because right when I got here, I found this amazing family that they are musicians and, um, successful musicians. And, and I was like seeing them, how they, you know, how they, their routine. And I was au pair and with the kids and we were traveling Europe and, Completely, yeah. It's I was working really hard, like twelve, sixteen hours sometimes, like a day, and sometimes night shifts and all this. But I, I was like, I knew how much I earned, and I had all the time like kids around me. That in Berlin is very, you don't have the sun, and for me it was like my 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 son, like these kids, just to come and be like, hi. Uh, they're just happy and it's, it's kind of like we exchange this energy and created a lot of music also because they are musicians they really really allowed me to to make music as well like so for example with the kids sometimes the kids were sitting and I was in the piano I never had a piano but they have like a huge piano in the living room so I was all the time like you know playing and and then they were connecting me with people and really helped me to to get where I am today. Till today, like they're coming to all my concerts and supporting and yeah. It's it's like I think like the the big lesson I'm learning how important is it to have a chosen family. Because mm. um, there's so a lot of friends I don't know a lot of people that can tell me like wow my family is like amazing and perfect like I maybe two people I know that <laughs> <laughs> like their family is great and also might be that you know they just shape reality as is but a lot of people have a lot of problems with their own blood family and I'm saying like chosen family is so important um to see that it's possible to <laughs> to be different and mm-hmm. that you are acceptable as you are. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, I appreciate that a lot, um, that you are acceptable the way that you are. And I think that those sort of, like, realizations can only really come like from what you're describing, right? Like this new environment, this new... I want to say the word safety, but I don't even mean safety from the perspective of, I mean, obviously the conditions you grew up were not safe, but I mean safety in that, like, just the ability for you to feel safe in the body and for the body to feel safe to be yourself. Does that make sense? Do you know what I mean? Because, you know, like, they're two different things, but I think that's the safety that I think is, like, very important that I don't know if we all acknowledge that properly. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. There's also, um, you can find safe spaces also. It doesn't have to be, like, so big. Like, Mm -hmm. you know, like, it can be a moment in a day. Mm -hmm. It's okay to not feel safe the whole day and never, ever. 
and it makes a lot of sense, especially when we see that there's a lot of damages in the world and a lot of people are suffering that make other people suffer and a lot of access to different kinds of um, guns and other kinds of yeah so finding people or moments or small even one song that can make you feel safe for three minutes 20 you know just yeah a lot like finding these things that make you feel safe even if it's just for a second day like i think i think kids makes make me feel very very safe because they're so they're so honest that it's mm-hmm. just like you have to you know to to really get their love you have to be in the same level with them yeah. of honesty <laughs> otherwise you will suffer they will yeah they will make sure you will suffer. Well, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. In small, small moments, small moments, and less expectations. I think. Right. Um, and I think real quick, just to you know, maybe close off on these next few minutes here. Um, maybe getting a little bit more into Berlin and and the artistry. You know how that. Yeah, I'm sure I would imagine some of it probably has to do with that sense of safety, right? I have the freedom, the ability to create as you want to, right? Um, but I know you've had some very, very fascinating projects. I know you've got your yeah. single coming out, but I know, you know, you've done the film production. So uh, maybe if you want to spend a few minutes telling us about those projects as well. Yeah, I, I'm actually, as I said, I never study in any place Mm -hmm. so everything i did is kind of like study from an environment or because i had to jump to the pool so the the film production it was like really covid hits and Mm -hmm. that was the only industry that kept on working and i was in this space that i really really wanted to release music um but I have no idea how to do music videos. So I was very curious and started like to to reach out to people. Um, I'm a very reach out person. Like people tell me like, are you, how you do all the things? I'm like, I'm sending emails. Yeah. Like all the time. <laughs> so I'm reaching a lot of people. I see their work online and I'm like, okay, that's cool. Like, hi, can I help? Can I can I come work for free? Like, can I do something? I have this, I'm good with cooking. I'm good with this. I'm good with this. I can do administration. And slowly I got a lot of like very quick, like jobs to work for free. Everybody will give you a job. (laughs) Um, And I got all these like gigs and very fast. um, um, I got a paid gig. You know, like, and and then it was my first production. I was like, oh, fuck, why so much to do? And I ask, I ask a lot, a lot, a lot of questions. Like, even if it's really stupid, I I think this is also a rule that I do. I, I ask and not assume this is something that I'm trying to really practice. Um, so I ask a lot of questions, got a lot of answers, research, Google, Ola, and... Then in COVID time, I did so many projects. Like I, I remember I, they started the live streaming, so I called my friend. I was like, "Let's let's go on YouTube and just learn how to do this." And then 
a month after we did like the biggest festival, jazz festival in live stream, like so many bands and we the festival won the best in Germany, like wow. live stream, like we it's it's, it's really it was really insane and everything is is about like taking a risk i would say i think in production is like how to to smaller the risk mm-hmm. like the risk is so big that you have to just like kind of all the time make the risk smaller At the beginning i did a lot of mistakes took too many risks today there's no chance that i will take like <laughs> you know like no no i, I learned with the hard way, with losing money, with losing people, especially in COVID time when your director can have COVID and everything is coming mm-hmm. in one second. So, yeah, that's when I started in COVID, I really built my portfolio and there was a lot of jobs in, in this field. Then I, I had this idea about doing like a little festival and 50 minutes of fan when I talk with my friend and we together executed. It was amazing. Like really, really crazy successful year from this, from the production point of view. And then I became a film producer. (laughs) Uh, And since then, uh, all my friends, like I think I really like the people Mm -hmm. in the film industry. They are so, <clears throat> I missed it in the music industry. In the music industry, everything is like, better you do yourself. Like you need to do everything yourself. You need to, and in film, like there's so many, like everything, like every person is important. And mm-hmm. it can really, I love working in like 30 people with 60 people. And yeah, this, be together and create this like one moment that everybody is like <gasps> no it's very similar and i think like i kind of in covid time i kind of looked for a different kind of stage and mm-hmm. this allowed me to have a different stage um yeah in the behind the scene but still like conducting on everything and making sure the energy is right and yeah, so I did this and took a long time, long time. Like, I think, like, uh, all my friends, like, always saying, like, you always say the last project you're going to do and then you call me for another job. So, yeah, I'm trying now to just say more no and because it's very hard for me to say no because of my trauma. Um, but I'm trying just to really, like, limit it. Just. Mm-hmm. Uh, don't do 30 projects a year like do 10 like no need to have all the time like because when you're running out of time you're also running out of money and it's just and burnout yeah. it's huge amount of pressure much more than music music is fun compared to film yeah crazy failed um but yeah i managed to do like now the last job of the year i got uh, a project for greenpeace that they also call green planet energy and it's uh i would say between a commercial to a music video it's a music video with uh, commercial energy i would say and basically 
I was very surprised. Um, all the people that worked on this project, they didn't even know about this company. And I was like, I'm paying 50, 50 euro a month already for three years for this company just because I, I, you know, I one time spoke with these people. I didn't tell them no. You know, I, I wasn't walking, like, <laughs> you know, I was just one time just talk with them. And then they showed me about this company. Great company. Like the electricity works the same. <laughs> like It's even cheaper and it's green and people don't know about mm. it. And so I was happy that even in this project, 30 people already know about this company, you know, like that was a big achievement. And then I have to say that uh, usually when we work with clients, they are very um, demanding. But this time, like we had so much artistic freedom. I love it. I Just let me do what I want. Like That's all I ask, you know. <laughs> And we managed, uh, the director created such a beautiful story and that we executed in a really beautiful way. And uh, in this hard time, just to do something that is like really for a better future, that is, I think this is like a really important topic to speak about. Like, yeah, of course, there's a lot of wars and stuff, but let's speak for a second about the planet. Like... Mm -hmm. We are literally took all the resources and all the layers, the protections from the from this planet, from this ball. Like the only thing that we have to do is to change the green energy. This is the only way. So yeah, we can speak about like yeah, you are Jewish and you are this and you are Muslim. You know, it's, at the end of the day, guys. Like if we are not gonna take care of the planet, it doesn't even matter. Like we're gonna be washed away or burned away, or like you know, and people has to start understanding that it's not a myth. This is like reality, and it's small changes that we can do. Um, and even if it costs you five euro more, wouldn't you invest five euro more to have a better future? Like, just like ask this question. I think. Because I grew up with five siblings, I didn't have the privilege to have anything new in my life. You know, everything was second or third or tenth hand, you know. I always say, like, I, you know, this these shoes that has lights in the mm -hmm. bottom. So I always got them without the light. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Until they got to me, there was no lights anymore. So, like, buying new is not something that I'm... I think I didn't buy clothes for such a long time. And I I swear I have so much clothes. Like, that I don't want to hurt anyone but and anyone money, but stop buying clothes. Like, <laughs> just, there's no need for that. Yeah. Like, <laughs> this is, mm -hmm. there's so much, like, new clothes. Like, no. Um, Yes, there are certain things that I'm trying to to do to like for me I, I'm not eating animal product but some people do and it's fine, no judgment. But I'm just thinking like just think about why we have cows. Not yeah. if it's tasty or not. 
is not the conversation. It's like really just check what's the role of cow in the system, you know. Maybe some yeah. of it is just not people just don't know and it's fine. I also didn't know before I chat. So just like there is a reason why those animals are here. Yeah. Yeah. Everything and everyone has to. Yeah. There's like the world works with harmony perfectly without human. Perfectly. Years and generations. Our involvement is great, but we need to understand that it comes with responsibility. So are we choosing to be part of nature or are we choosing to go against it? And if we really think we are so powerful, like, unfortunately, like, going to be, like, a very bad end. And I think everybody feels right now kind of like it's the end of the world. So I think, like, yeah, might be. (laughs) And that's why we feel this way. So let's just not ignore it. (laughs) Yeah. No, I appreciate that. And I think that's a really beautiful message to close off with. Um, Everything has its purpose. and yeah, consider like just considering our own actions and our own purposes and our responsibility. I really like that a lot. Yeah. And towards each other as well. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Self-love, of course, but also like we have to be there for each other. Yeah. It's no No. other way. Absolutely. Um, Thank you so much, Aya, for coming on the show. Um, Thank you for sharing the story. Thank you for all the insights and i think especially thank you as a woman for showing your power you know i think it's really incredible for everybody thank you for amplifying me (laughs) and for choosing me and thank you for doing it i know it's not easy to to be honest and speak and i felt like in this conversation that you gave me so much like space to be myself so thank you for that and um I hope it will reach the right ears, you know. Oh, I appreciate that. Influence a tiny bit of <laughs> even one person, you know. I appreciate that. Thank you so much. Thank you, dear. <laughs>